introducing to you the fat loss formula by Brendan Loden. So before I start today's podcast episode, I want to talk to you very quickly about my event that I'm running in aid of Campaign Against Living Miserably, also known as CAM. So I'm doing my first ever in-person event called the Fat Loss Formula, where I'll be helping you write your goals to get you to fire the fuck up and go for it, create habits for you to instill so you don't have to second guess yourself, and more importantly, allow you the blueprints to lose that first dress size. This is going to be two pound to come and all proceeds will be going to campaign against living miserably. For those who have been a long time listener of this uh, podcast, you'll know that campaign against miserably, living miserably, sorry, is the charity that I work with quite a lot. It's essentially a suicide prevention hotline. I won't go into it too much today, but it's a service that I've used previously in my life. Just eight pound can save somebody's life. That is how much it takes to run of one single call at the call centers. The call centers are open from 7 p.m. onwards and open throughout the late at night, every single night. And Campaign Against Living Miserably wants to open them lines up from midday onwards, but they currently cannot afford to do so. And that is why I'm doing the Fat Loss Formula Live. So if you are interested, message Brendan Learn at brendan.findfitness on Instagram, and I'll put you forward towards the details. You'll have to fill out a form for your interests so I know how many people come in because there is 30 seats available and I'll send you the link so you can donate your £2. If you want to donate more, that's absolutely fantastic. But I'm only asking for £2. But again, that's your call. So I thought I'd start with that today before we get into the swing of things. So I would love you to come to the Fat Loss Formula Live on the 16th of April at 2pm at Pure Gym Hull and the B Gym Studios. See you there. and welcome to the Fire Fitness Podcast by me, Brendan Loden, a humble purse trainer and his opinions on the fitness industry. In today's episode, the year anniversary, what a year it's been, by the way, um, we have Chris Bradley, so it's technically number 23, for a reserve number 23, Michael Jordan's number for Chris Bradley himself. Um, so yeah, Chris is my business mentor. I have been with him since May. He's an absolutely fantastic guy. And what I wanted to get out of this is what we did indeed get out of this. And that's what I wanted to find out more about his career pre-PT and pre-mentoring. And I wanted to see what made the man that he is today. Because Chris, if you do know him on Instagram, he's constantly at work. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. It's almost quite daunting how hard he works. I wanted to see how he thinks and how he's basically become the man he's become today. So yeah, before I flip it over to Brendan Chris in this lovely interview, I just want to say thank you to every and any future and past listeners of the Find Fitness podcast. What was a, essentially a little hobby in lockdown too, uh, because I really loved the form of podcast. I always listen to podcasts. It's now become a bit of a bigger thing. I'm not saying it's like Joe Rogan. I'm not saying it's like any of the famous podcasts that you listen to. But I mean, uh, 3K streams in one year. We've got five countries listening to it. And we've had around 100 plus unique listeners and I think the, the episode with the most listens has got 1K itself. It, it's daunting. It, it was very, very, I'm very, very happy with how the podcast has gone on this first year. So yeah, just thought I'd say that before we flip it over to Chris and Brendan. Um, if you have listened to the podcast, or you've listened to any other podcast episodes in the, in the past, 
Don't be a dick. Screenshot your Instagram story, listen to the podcast, and tag me and Chris on it as well. So I'll flip it over to Brendan and Chris where we talk about his career, we talk about mindset of training, and we also talk about sticking to the basics. I'll see you all soon, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Final Fitness Podcast, episode number 23. And because my last episode was a bit of a solo run, today we have a guest. And with it being 23, I had to reserve this number uh, for the one and only Chris Bradley. Um, and before he comes in, uh, I, I didn't tell him I was going to do this, but yeah, so Chris is uh, my business mentor and has been from around, he can come in here now, around May time, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, not only has Chris helped my career, he's always helped my confidence as well. So I was feeling a bit confident with my career and then I wasn't. And then I got humbled a little bit in the group because I thought I was doing better than I am. And I, I, and I needed that as well. So Chris came at a time that I needed to level up my business. And, and that's why I'm still doing the podcast. I'm still doing everything that I am doing today. So Chris, introduce yourself. Hello. Thanks for having me on, bud. Um, it's always good to get humbled now and again, isn't it? Um, yeah, so obviously when you, being a leader of men and women, you get opinions, positive opinions about you all the time. You get ass kissing 24-7. You'll get it because of your two jobs. You'll get it times 100. But because of that, every now and then you walk around like you're the fucking man and you need to be challenged on that a lot. And that's one of the biggest things I've took from from the upgraded coach. We'll get you plugged in straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, 100%. I think it's um, it's easy these days to, in the pure cancel and quick culture, just to, if, something's, if someone doesn't say what you want them to say, you remove them from your group or whatever, you remove them from uh, your Instagram, your your feed, whatever it may be. Um, for me, getting humbled is, you know, like you said, mate, I've got a gym and whatever else and the help coaches and stuff, but... Um, as much as you want people in your corner who are like driving you forward, you also need those people who are just like, right, simmer down you, you're getting carried away. You know, when you're doing the Conor McGregor walk, it's a bit like, right, oh, back to what we can, because mate, gratitude is a big thing these days <clears throat> and we want to practice gratitude, but you know, how far does gratitude go to the point where you're just telling yourself you're amazing? So there's a fine line, I think. Um, for me, Cheryl just tells me straight away, you need to pipe down, you'll know what you, know who you think you are. So it's good. Um, so, mate, I'm glad to be the guy that's humbling you. For me, <clears throat> I own a gym in Glasgow um, and I help personal trainers, online coaches, gym owners basically get the ability to, you know, run their own business, make their own decisions, buy a house, travel abroad um, and just love their job. So hopefully I can provide those tools so that they can do those three things. I don't do it for them. Um, you know, I'm only a couple of steps ahead in that sense. So I just... Show them the way, give them accountability and support, which is probably two of the most important things in anything, in any working relationship. Um, and that's it, mate. That's not, hopefully, thankfully, I'm in a position now where I don't do much in the gym. Um, I love the gym. I love going there. I love seeing the clients. Um, but now my focus is primarily on helping coaches take them to the next level and just grow that to the, the point I can have a massive impact in the industry. And that's something that we will, we will touch on a little bit later. So I've... Very rarely have I met a guest uh, in real life. So I've met you two separate occasions now. One of them being a bit more sober than the other one. Um, <laughs> to be fair, we didn't get too heavy, really. It was quite civilised, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, the other Friday. But that first sort of time I met you, did mention how the moment you sort of opened the gym, you almost went straight into the Grady Coach. Like, there was a couple of months in between that, wasn't there? 
um, which I always think is quite interesting because to me, knowing what I want to do in my career, it's interesting to see someone get that goal and then go, right, what's the next thing? Like, okay, upgraded coach, here I go. And that was like, what, three, four months in between you open the gym? Yep. And then upgraded coach starting, or am I wrong with that? Yeah, about that, I mean, that's the thing. It was like, uh, I mean, I'll get into the, the, the nitty gritty soon, but for me, it was like, it was all fast paced as the last two years have been for everybody and every business owner, we've had to adapt and uh, everything kind of fell in, fell in line. It was like Cheryl, my partner, she she passed a qualification. Um, she didn't really like her job. I needed help. I was a bit of a bottleneck in terms of how many clients I could help. Then when the lockdown hit, you know, because I was quite noisy online and people knew me, the business boomed and people wanted to work with me. So I needed help uh, to deliver the service and uh, it just worked out well. So Cheryl came on board. Uh, we kind of served a lot of people over the last, over that year uh, to get them through lockdown. Gym's kind of opened back up. And for me, the, the thought of going back to where I used to work just did not interest me one bit. So I thought, right, okay, let's, what's the next step then? Uh, and by this point, PTs were asking me, they're always asking for a bit of help, asking me for a coffee so they could sit down and pay me just to, you know, look at their business and run over some stuff. Very, very casual. And then I started realizing that I preferred that a lot more than talking about fat loss, um, which, you know, it wasn't that I'd grown past that. I'd just done it for a long, long time. And, and like, when you, when you look at the, if you look at what I did from being in pure gym to then a lockdown hit and leaving it and taking on my girlfriend to work for me, it showed you that I know this is a pretty negative way of looking at it, but it showed me that I was probably playing too small. Yeah. And the reason for that is because I thought it was a dog's bollocks in pure gym. I thought it was the main guy and you know, I was, but like you got, you got humbled by looking out and going, right. Okay. There's a lot more out there. So I invested, I got help and I, and I saw there was a next level above so for me, it was about, right, okay, I go fully online um, or I open a gym. Yeah. And for me, the online aspect never really appealed to me. I'm a people person. I like to see people. I like to be involved with people. Um, and then open my own gym. And that was fast-tracked. And it shows you again that how can you go from, you know, coaching people in a pure gym to then opening your own gym and then to help coaches. Uh, it, it actually showed, Brendan, with the benefit of hindsight that, you know, a gym wasn't the fix quote unquote, it was more me wanting something better, me wanting the next level. Um, yeah. Because, mate, I get told a lot that opening your own gym is a terrible idea. Um, and at first, I almost did listen to those people. But what I realized was they, those people aren't me. Um, and I'm going to get a bash myself. So long story short, um, I realized that having your own gym, because let's face it, mate, it's the most perfect scenario, isn't it? Your rules, no um, outside influence, no management, um, no busy, busy gym floor. Um, and I got that. And I love it, mate. I love going down to that gym. I love seeing my my logo on the wall. Uh, the clients are amazing. But for me, uh, my biggest fulfillment comes from helping uh, coaches and business owners. There's something that you mentioned in that there, which was one of the reasons I came on with you. And that's this recent, obviously, the moment you come a PT now, you get the qualification, you get the random requests on, on Instagram become a 10-figure online coach. There's such a hard-on at the moment to be, oh, you're a successful PT. Oh, we'll get the fuck out of the gym then. Go online. I'm like, well, that's what brought me to the dance. I, I'm i like yourself. I love physical coaching. Um, and I even see, obviously, I don't see you PTing, but the way you are on our sort of Monday calls compared to the physical event, with us being there, levels, do you know what I mean? Like having someone in, in front of you, is just, yep. so, to me, it's so much more rewarding. And if that limits me in the long term, so be it, but... 
That's why I did come on with you because there isn't an emphasis on, well, yeah, sure, get your online coaching established, but it doesn't mean you go sit in a coffee shop all your life. Do you know what I mean? I know there is people that might listen to this that do do that. Obviously, we've got people in the upgraded coach and that's me not slating online coaching. I, I, I absolutely fucking love coaching. I love PT. Um, so it was nice to see a mentor that doesn't, insist on you quitting your gym and then saying online my chair is very creaky today can you hear that um but yes so it was nice and that's why i came on with you and i do want to go all the way back to the beginning of your not your career so even before that so what what was your first sort of experiences of sort of training was it sport-based like what was your first kind of your upbringing regards to sort of health and fitness yeah so for me mate it's very i get brought up very working class it's one of those ones where you eat whatever's in the whatever's in the fridge. In a lot of cases, it was a takeaway or it was just whatever. For me, I was quite lucky because I immediately just started love love playing football. So I started playing football, um, took a shine to that. Turned out I was pretty good at a school level, um, and because of that, I was generally really fit. I had I was a, I had a six pack, but I was skinny, that kind of guy. But um, and then I excelled at football and in primary school, secondary school, um, and to the point where, you know, you get to that cutoff point where you either make it or you don't, and I never. So then did all that, and I just knew that I was above average in terms of fitness, above average in terms of strength. As soon as I started lifting weights, which I kind of, I just shadowed along with one of my mates. He kind of kitted out his garage gym. Um, I've seen it. some of these videos. In the yeah, back. you've seen some of the, the, with the jeans on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would show up to his. He was a straight student of the of lifting weights. He would go and study it, read on forums, and I would just show up and a lot of the time either not ate or be hungover and just lift weights with him. Um, but I knew that I was I was quite strong for my weight, like per per pound. I was quite strong and I took to it quite well. Then I started really enjoying it, uh, and I've never been someone who's one hundred percent committed, but because I've always enjoyed nights out and stuff, so. I then became your typical um, arms on a Friday or Saturday before you go out, arms, a sunbed, we tripped to Zara for a t-shirt. Um, I then became that, not the pure typical version, but I definitely still had, I did five by five during the week. Um, I just had a wee disco pump at the weekends. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, mate, that was kind of it. Like, just like everybody else, I'm sure that gets to 2021, 20, you get a full-time job, you start to have money to eat out with your friends you pass your driving test so then you typically go out for food a lot more you don't walk as much you don't play football i stopped playing football so then i kind of started noticing that I was putting a bit more weight on and then i kind of got a job in uh pure gym and you're surrounded by you know 15 to 20 at any time uh, other personal trainers and of course you're a personal trainer so the immediate thing you think of night from a very naive sense is that you're the smallest PT in here. So it's like, right, I need to go and lift weights. So then I, I kind of took it more serious in that sense and did all the bodybuilding poses and all that kind of jazz. Um, and that was it, mate. It was, it was great. I booked a couple of photo shoots. Um, and, you know, I, I always advise someone to book some sort of stuff like that because it it takes you to a level that you've never been before. No, it's not even about the, the end product of you standing there with Tano and it's more what you learned two weeks before it, three weeks before it. And, Make, like make no mistake about it you end up in the best shape of your life yeah yeah of course two weeks later maybe you should have stopped dieting you know because you, you then went into a position where you, your energy was rubbish you were a horrible person to be around all that kind of stuff 
So I did that the first time I was that person. The second time I was a bit more savvy and actually realised well, why you want to be that shredded. Like there's no need for it in everyday life. But I do believe it taught me a lot to get there. So I would never diss it as long as you've got, you know, someone around about you to, to talk to a soundboard, accountability, coach, whatever, which I had from the minute I walked in Pure Gym, I got a coach. <clears throat> and mate, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I'm running a couple of businesses. So now I've got different challenges. My challenges are that I'm in, you know, the world of online uh, mentoring or whatever you call it. It involves you being in the house a lot. It involves you having more money, uh, which means, you know, takeaways aren't even a second thought unless you've got discipline. So for me, the biggest challenge now with my fitness is, one, I need to shift my identity because, you know, I was never a bodybuilder by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely had good physical features that I was quite proud of. Uh, and they were quite easy to maintain while I, I could get away with a few things. But all of a sudden, your lifestyle creeps up on you. And, you know, if you're not doing the small stuff, like, for example, when I worked in Pure Gym, you know, I did 12,000 steps a day without question because yeah. I was coaching. So then I went from that to hardly coaching in my gym to then sitting in an office delivering, you know, what I love. But you all of a sudden notice your lifestyle does no longer you need to adapt for it. And it's a lot like people who kind of come out of school and go, whoa, why am I fat? It's like, because you don't do PE, you don't, you, you pass your driving test, you've got a full-time job and you've got more friends and you drink alcohol now. So that was, that was one of the turning points for me, mate, is now, and that's where I'm at now. It's establishing, right, you're not that guy who can train, you know, biceps on a Monday or chest on a Monday and then he can train back, then he can train quads, and then he can train hamstring. You can't do that because you don't have time. So you need to be doing upper body, lower body, full bodies. And that was a big thing for me to, to take on board. Mate. I, I, I tried to cling on it for a long time uh, and now I've got to be realistic. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can vouch for that. Like you get to a point where it's either really focused on your fitness goals. There's two paths and the other path is really career focused, which might involve you traveling up and down the UK. It might involve you uh, making sacrifices. And sometimes I do believe you have to take one path for a bit period of time until you need to rein back in. So for me, I'm in a position now where I'm like, Okay, cool. What do I need to do to make sure that my body, my, my the emphasis I put on my body is matched up with the emphasis I put on my business? Because without a you know steady balance, I'm not going to say it's 50-50 all the time because I do believe it has to go 60-40 in some cases. Yeah. Which for your clients, Brendan, you'll know that you know sometimes it's better to go back to maintenance to push that for that promotion. Equally, it's better to go to go in a deficit to really push past any kind of unhappiness you have with your body and mind. So yeah, mate, that's what I'm at. I call it a bit of, I call it in my clients a priority pie. So like you just circle around and you cut out bits of pie of what their life's like at the moment, i.e. if they're working a nine to five job and they're doing overtime at Christmas, for example, that work pie part of the pie is going to get larger and therefore the social life might slip out or even your nutritional side might again if you're giving yourself that free pass every now and then because you know you're going to work more, I think it allows you to get back on the wagon better because you're not giving yourself such a hard fucking time because you've failed. So, like, understanding that things do get worse, but they'll also get better. Obviously, at the moment, with you've essentially got an office job now, haven't you, really? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And because of that, like, I guarantee your work and your training is a, your work, sorry, is going to be a lot higher than your training because. You've, I know it's your gym, but you've still got to go in the building, haven't you? Do you yep. know what I mean? And it's, that's still a place of work that you go training. And that's, I think a lot of PT stuff over that, training in the same place they work at. Um, but there was one thing you did mention there with like weight gain and feeling sloppy and stuff. I gained two stone of uh, lockdown one. And 
I mean, that was horrendous. Like, because what can do with anything, was we? Like, so lockdown one, I put on a stir and a half. I put on six pounds in the three weeks was off in lockdown two. God knows what happened to me in lockdown three. That was the worst one. Um, so I think a lot of people listen to this. And I don't want it to be about COVID and like all that stuff, but people will gain weight at this point in time whilst listening to this because I mean, half the country did, let's be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it was a very tricky time. Um, I do want to go back to, do you know, pre pure So you started. Did you start a pure gym a bit older than your average PT would? Because obviously, typically yeah, 18, people turn 18, they get the PT call, they got punted straight into a commercial gym. But obviously, that wasn't the case for yourself, was it? 25. With, that's mad. So obviously, I compare my career to you. I'm 25. Not to make you feel old, but um, turning 25 now in April, that's just gone. I think it's mad that I, I want what you've got. And here I am, same age as you starting. Do you know what I mean? That puts things yeah. in perspective a little bit. So what did you do between sort of school and sort of 25 then? Well, for me, mate, it was like, I've said this before, but I take my hats off to a lot of upgraded coaches like yourself, mate, who's 25 and haven't achieved what you've achieved. It took me a lot, a long time for the penny to drop, mate. I've always been, I've always been, like I said, the football player. I've always been... Th- the class clown. Um, I didn't particularly have accountability at home to say, no, you need to do your homework. You need to do this, do that. Now, I'm not saying school is amazing. I'm just saying that I definitely had a, a bit of a short attention span and I just wanted to play football. So it affected my results. It affected what happened in school. Um, so then I left school. I was I started working when I was, the day after I turned 16, um, I started working in Sainsbury's. Um, I was a Christmas temp and they, they kept me on. Uh, so... They then, you know, you're in school and you're, you've got £300 a month for whatever. So the last couple of years of school, I had I had a, a wage part-time um, and it felt great. So then I left school with nothing really to show for it. And it was a bit like, back then it was kind of, oh, what is everybody going to do? You're going to go and do, become a mechanic. It was all about trades back then. Um, and then it was a case of, right, I don't want to do any of that. Um, so what are you going to do next? And I was obviously working in the same, they then offered me, like a full-time wage. So I did a lot of overtime for them and it was great, mate. You were getting eight, nine hundred pounds a month. Like it was brilliant. Like you couldn't even imagine this when you're like 18 year old. Back I was then. Just, so you was living at home at this point, weren't you? Yeah, living at home, mate. We know at first I had no dig money. So it's like eight, nine hundred pounds just in your in your pocket, you know, and doing what you want, mate. So it was great. And then they offered full-time wage. So I had a couple of pals running about me who were who did go into becoming a, a trade. So they were, you know, the money, the money in that's like 60 quid a week and all that. So they were but they were obviously playing the long game, whereas I was just shop fixed, yeah. and it wasn't money oriented. Me, I just, I just knew how to roll up, roll up my sleeves, and I, I, I took a real shine into working. Like I loved it, um, and then all of a sudden, they started giving me more responsibilities. They promoted me, and that was all good, and it was great, mate. You were out at, at this point, you're nineteen, twenty, and you're out at clubs and all that, and you know you might not be a fireman or whatever that sounds sexy to women, but I was, I had money. Um, I was able to buy whatever I wanted. Then my mum started charging me big money, albeit nothing. Um, but my mum did a lot for me when I grew up, so I gave her a lot of that back and uh, supported her. But we then uh, kind of get to the point where I was five, was five six years in uh, to Sainsbury's. So we're going to 21, 22 here. And I realised that the face had to fit me. I'm glad I did, but at, at that time, I was ready to be a manager. I was ready to keep going, climbing the ladder, um, because I loved the job, mate. And I, I knew nothing else. And then, you know, what started happening was the the face has to fit. So like like retail, just they just change stuff all the time. And I wasn't sick or absent for f- six years straight, right? I worked full time. 
And then I realized that it didn't really matter because, you know, those people, there was management always changing. You don't get a prize for being the best or anything like that. You don't get a prize for working harder. So I thought, right, okay, cool. Slowly but surely, I started losing interest. By that point, man, like, because I had more money, my social life was at, at its peak. So I started kind of, my priorities started fading. I would then go in hungover, you know, sometimes still drunk, but showed I was just dissatisfied with the job because I could do it with my eyes shut. Uh, I then asked a turning point for me, mate, one of the biggest turning points in my life actually was uh, I got the handbook which was the colleague handbook for Sainsbury's. And there was two stipulations that allowed you to get career leave. And one of them was that you had to be there uh, for three years. You had to be employed for three years. I had been employed five years. The other stipulation was that you had to give them six months notice to get career leave. Um, so I was there two years longer than that stipulation. I gave, I gave them four months notice. So me and my pal decided, let's go and... Die in Apple, work abroad for the summer. Sainsbury's offered up to a year of study leave. So I'd have my job safe when I came back. Yeah. So because I gave them one month less notice, um, they didn't give me the career leave. So that just didn't sit well with me, mate, considering, you know, I'm sitting there, never been off, never phoned in sick, never let them down, did in some cases 45, 50 hours to cover for people. And it left a bitter, bitter taste in my mouth, mate. Um, and I realized that, you know, corporate companies and stuff really don't care about staff. You know, there might be the 1% out there. Anyway, so what I did was I said, hey, that's fine. That's cool. And I just left. I left and without telling them. Uh, they kind of had an insight. I was going, but I left. Went and worked abroad for a summer. Um, it was amazing. Kind of found myself a wee bit. Came back and was like, right, what's of all the things you've said, why can I imagine you doing that more than anything else? <laughs> no. the memberships and the PT in. Why can I imagine the, you? The funny, the funny thing is, Brendan, I never, I never went over there to be a PR. Then I ended up working behind a bar, and mate, I worked for four months straight, every single day and night, because I basically came in in the afternoon from one till six pm, opened the bar, served some people. There might be a football game on at three o'clock. I would serve them. It was amazing, mate. Like, I'm not sitting here saying it was hard work. Like, then at night, I'd go home, come back in at half nine till about three in the morning. And I did that every night for about four months straight. So it wasn't, I mean, I would drink every night as well because it's the only way to get through it. But um, I came back kind of like, right, exhausted, kind of what's next? Again, I'm coming back. We haven't left Sainsbury's, but with experience and team, being a team leader and all that kind of good stuff. But, right, you kind of, when you do something like that, mate, you kind of think you're Peter Pan. You kind of think that you're going to keep doing it and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, you kind of get propelled into this bit of fame. People really, they know who you are. It makes people, you're working behind a bar in a Scottish bar. People are looking at you. You know, you're getting attention. You're young. It feels amazing. Do you know what I mean? So you're wanting that again. You come back here and it's miserable. No one knows you. It's a bit. So I guess with hindsight, I wanted to go and get that again. I didn't yeah. think about it. I just I just knew I wanted something because there was nothing here. Um, I then went back. I got a temporary job for a short term, and then I went back just to to do it all again. But of course, it's not the same as the first time, is it? You're going back a bit wiser. I didn't do as much hours. I only worked the night time, didn't work the daytime. And yeah, mate, it was nearly near as good. It was different, do you know what I mean? But then I came back, mate, and after two, you know, over two years, the majority of those two years were spent drinking and you know, it was brutal, mate. Like, it, it took its toll on my body. Uh, so I came back and was like, right, what's next? 
So that's when I got a job in uh, Ladbrokes as a manager, uh, running my own shop, which again, it's retail. Uh, like looking back, I should have saw the warning signs, but again, it was all I had, mate. Like I didn't have qualifications. I couldn't go to the next level. I couldn't articulate a CV to the point where I can brag, like, blag my way into a job. And honestly, mate, it's not like now where you could just know someone and maybe get in somewhere. So it was very much CV based back then. And then, you know, I went, I got that job in Ladbrokes. Uh, again, another bit of moment left me annoyed was I, did, I booked my first photo shoot. This is the point where uh, I started working part-time in Pure Gym on the side. So I did my, qualif- did my qualifications, sorry, while I, while I worked in Ladbrokes. So I would do um, my qualification during the day and I'd go to Ladbrokes every night uh, to make up my hours. And then uh, I got a job in Pure Gym, working 15 hours of shift. Uh, working 25 hours in Ladbrokes, so like 40 hours before I'd even made any money PTing. So that was difficult. Um, and then I booked a photo shoot because I was in Pure Gym now and I wanted to be a big PT and I was too small. So I booked a photo yeah. shoot. And uh, yeah, went ahead with that. I gave them 12 weeks notice, mate. I literally said to the manager, my photo shoot's in 12 weeks' time. Here's the date. And then it came to like two weeks before, mate, the schedule came out and they put me into work on the Sunday, the day of my photo shoot. And I gave them three months' notice. And I says, you're putting me in for the photo shoot. I've got, like, me. I'd be literally showing up to work and in lunch breaks, eating out my Tupperware tub. Like, everybody knew I was doing a photo shoot. Yeah. And uh, the, the woman says, oh, we, we need you in. And I says, okay, is that right? So I never opened the, the shop that morning uh, when they were meant to. You, you, I had the keys to open, but I just left the keys, posted them through another, another store, and they had nobody to open the store. But again, that's what they get. That's the way they treat staff, mate. Like, it's unbelievable. You know those middle, mid-level management who literally wear the uniform to bed? Um, yeah. Those types of people. So that was that, mate. And then it was enough for me to go, right, it's time to quit. And it gave me the push, mate, because I was in comfort zone. Like, I was working in Ladbrokes just for that extra cash. I think I was getting £700 a month, and it was just enough to get me into town, you know, to not put too much stress on my pure gym career to get new clients, uh, I was quite ne- not not nervous, but I was in there, and there was twenty other PTs in there, mate, well established PTs, and I was kind of just like, where do I stand out here? I'm the smallest guy in here. Um, how do I get a, a name for myself? And it was just time it took. So that's it, mate. Fast track it to now, and we kind of were in pure gym for five and a bit, maybe six years, uh, and here we are now. So when when you dis- when was the moment you decided right I'm I'm going to get my PT qualification then because also you was at Ladbrokes at that point from what you said there like what why did you think do you know what I think I could become PT obviously you mentioned that you felt like you was a bit stronger than your average person but what what made you go do you know what I'm I'm, I'm fucking going for it like I'm, I am going for it yep well funnily enough mate it's linked to uh, Sainsbury's because when I was like 19, 20, I knew I was above average in terms of like strength and physique. So I actually booked a course when I was 19 to do. And I took all my holidays for Sainsbury's for the year so I could do a six-week course. All of them took six weeks worth of holidays for the year. And it was with me and my mate who we started to do a level two. So Monday to Friday for six weeks. He never showed up on the Monday. His mum was the guarantor for the payments. She was, she was guaranteeing the payments. I had the money. I was going to keep paying. And he never showed up. So then, you know, my mum's not a doctor or anything like that that can guarantor the payments. So, yeah, I had to, halfway through my level two, I had to quit. And I was all excited, ready to qualify and everything else. So I had to go back to Sainsbury's with my tail between my legs, halfway through, going, can I just take those three weeks holidays back? I don't need them. 
So that was a big moment in my career, mate. That was a big, I told everybody about it. It was a, a, a dent in my confidence. And of course, he was just one of those mates who just says shit and then doesn't just doesn't yeah. go through with it. Uh, unfortunately, I needed him for the guarantor to be the payment for the payments. So, and yeah, mate, it was always in my head. I knew straight away that I was very sporty. I knew I was above average in terms of ability when it came to physical stuff, badminton, football, all that good stuff. Uh, so I shelved it basically, Brendan, and then I came back to it when I came at a crossroads with my career. So long story short, mate, if you look at it in a sense of being cynical about it, I had an opportunity, I missed out on it. I then stuck to comfort zone, like Sainsbury's again, for a number of years until I went up, crossroads. They're not letting me take time off. I'm leaving. Then I came back. Uh, I've got a job in Pure Gym. And then it was a case of like, right, what's the, what's the next crossroads? You need to leave Ladbrokes. And it was only until I had a bit of a problem where I left Ladbrokes. Then yeah. we, we look at the lockdown. It wasn't until the lockdown hit where I actually decided to leave Pure Gym. And make a move. So the moral of the story is that as much as I'm forward thinking and thinking I'm doing, because mate, I left Pure Gym in a sense of, I did 20 hours of PT. I was the most well-known and I was getting the best results, but clearly I was unfulfilled. It's amazing how we tell ourselves, no, no, you're doing it. You're doing well. Or you, you're doing all right. And we need some, we need something to happen in order for that to, in order for us to go to the next level. And I'm not going to wait for another lockdown for me to keep moving forward. So. Let's talk about your time at Pure Gym. So, if you work at Pure Gym, it's different now. No one knows about you anymore. But when you started at Pure Gym uh, 2019, you was quite prominent on that Facebook group they have, the PT, PT support one. Um, and I had my um, my sort of foundation business course in Leeds. And on the way home from that, I can't even remember who ran it. I think Sky. I remember Sky. She was at the back of it. I don't remember that. Um, but I can't remember who ran it, but we got told to listen to your podcast with, with Ant and said, if you're going to replicate anyone's career, it, it's your career, yours. And I thought, it's not a bit weird, but obviously you're in Glasgow. To me, it's a different world. It's a different country, literally, sort of thing. So obviously when you're starting out, I'm like, all right, I'll give them a follow. And then, so I followed your career for at least a year of you at Pure Gym as a whole. Like, So how, how do you think you managed to sort of establish yourself and sort of do these 20 hours, but yet still be quite sort of known in sort of basically killed your city, really, didn't you, really? Like, yep. and how do you, how did you manage to do that? Mate, I think the thing for me looking back, and if I'm honest, Brendan, it, you just sort of do the right thing for a period of time until, like, if you've got your, if you've got your ethics in the right place and you want to do the right thing, you'll eventually, it'll eventually prevail, especially if you keep, keep consistent with it. So for me, I didn't have a massive plan. I'm not going to sit here and say that I came up with this master plan to end up where I'm at today. But looking back, there's a few key things that I did and it was dominate my classes. Like I made my classes the best in the gym. So I made sure that everybody knew me when it came, and you know, pure gym and these kind of gyms, like classes are big. A lot of the footfall are coming for classes. That's what they're coming for. Um, and I knew that. So I, was, I very quickly established myself as the go-to person for, for classes. And that came from like the very start to walking over to people and going, I've got a class in 10 minutes. Do you want to come in? Oh, I don't know. No, listen, it'll be all right. I'll keep, I'll keep you at the front. I'll look after you. Right through to, you know, you can't even get booked in to the point where it's like people are in workplaces nearby the gym talking to each other to make sure they all get booked in. Otherwise they miss out. Yeah. And that was the first step, mate, because it's like, it's like nowadays, right? Coaches are, you've got personal trainers who are 
try to do online coaching and it's shit because they're trying to do it on the side. I was the same, but but it's the thing to do, isn't it? So people think that. So they just build this, this kind of half-assed online program. They say that they offer it up. What does it do? It slightly dilutes their main program. It makes the messaging mixed because let's face it, online uh, prospects need a bit of different talking than one-to-one uh, -one prospects do. You then try and you then try and become well known in your city. You then try and become well known in Instagram, and it's like you're doing all these things. It's like dialing back to the basics and going right. Let's get very very good. First of all, you're doing fifteen hours in pure gym. You've got to get something back from that. You know, you're, especially when you don't get paid for it. So I'm going in there and going right. Instead of moaning that you've got a class, go and use that class to sign up clients. I love classes. Like I, yeah, I do some. So I did a group session with my clients last weekend, last Saturday. I got such a fucking buzz from it. I forgot how fun they were. Like yeah. I, I used to LBTs cycle and turn. They were like my three, my jams, so to say. But I was doing it last weekend. I said to my clients, "Fucking hell, I miss doing this. This is yeah, mate. Class, Honestly, it? like we, I, I actually go back to it and like I am. Um, I just did metafits. So it was back when Pure Jam allowed you a lot more flexibility with your classes, and. I would just go in and press play, you know, and the big thing for me, mate, is I would go right up to every single person and, and give them advice. Whereas typically most PTs, they hate the fact that they're paid, they're doing hours that they're not getting paid for. They would walk over, walk past people, you know, that would be quite arrogant. The, this customer service was not great. I got a ton of customer service, mate, from working from Sainsbury's for the day, the day I turned 16. So I knew that personal training is just a customer service job. Yeah. That's it. So you, how you make people feel, how you deliver it, how professional you are, and how they, when they go away, they think about the service, they think about the class, and they talk about it. That's it. So that was the first stage, mate. It was just dominate my classes. Never mind Instagram, never mind anything else. Dominate your classes. You then, your authority rises, so then people, want to, what they want to know more. They want to work with you more. So then I just helped people, as many people as I could. Uh, was it to the detriment of my business a wee bit because I wasn't addressing other things that I, need, I should have got help with sooner, like pricing and structures and all that stuff? But for me, mate, if you're willing to work hard and help as many people as possible, you'll eventually land in the right place. You'll eventually move forward. So that's that was the step the steps I took, mate. And then I moved into like really demanding a high service for my clients, like results. Results is what I became known for. Uh, and that's how I started to make my name. So it all stemmed from base one which was classes uh, yeah. and i guess with results i did the same as classes i just delivered a great service i was consistent with it and i made people uh, take notice that's for me that's the part that i noticed you for was the results that you'd go on your and it wasn't just before and afters like there was more context to it as well which i've always respected like you see them all the time online there's mpts where it's just literally before and afters from like eight and ten weeks and sometimes you can see me like if you did a photo another fucking three weeks time that photo would be so much like do them types of pts yep. but we can see with you like you do the photo and you now and then you pop you you, you bust one out every now and then still don't even now to it really unless cheryl does that does cheryl do that more than it does it and i share it oh fair enough so yeah like but like your Instagram, it didn't used to be filled with the before and afters. There was context to it and there was other things as well. But if there's one thing that you stood out for to me was your consistency of sort of transformations and things like yep. that. That's the things that you look at and you've got envious about, like fucking hell, up there. He's, and they're just better clients in Scotland. Or what? Like when you first start out and you're like, fuck, how has he got all that? Do you know what I mean? But then you forget you started at 25. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's context as well. Um, 
But so when you when getting was these results, like I'm not going to start to talk about the ins and outs of them. I want to talk about how they made you feel. So when you've got so many at that point, you're just like, yeah, another one. Or like, did you generally get like a full on, like a bit of a buzz from from it every single time as well? Yeah, mate, hundred percent. Like you can't. It's when you do it, when you do it ethically, right? You and you do it consistently. So it all comes down to the consistency of your message. Like I've said this before to you guys inside up the coach, but like you can't be one week just saying one thing and then the next saying the other based on how you feel. You've got to be consistent. Now that doesn't mean to say you consistently be hard on your clients. You show empathy and all that good stuff, but you also just say, look, I was expecting your photos this week. I was expecting the feedback from your training. Like what I was, and it all comes down to respect and authority, mate. Like it's, I'm not using fancy nutrition techniques, training techniques, far from it. I've had coaches sign up with me for fat loss just to see what I'm doing with my clients. And they get a major surprise because it's not about what I'm using or doing because there's no secrets. Yeah, It's about communicating with someone. Again, I go back to it, customer service. When you can meet someone where they're at and take them up to the next level, that is a skill and that is a people skill. So that was all it was. Um, and for me, mate, getting results was it just became an addiction. Like I loved it, mate. Like I love nothing more than putting photos together, mate. I loved it because it wasn't a, it was my chance to show the client because clients typically don't know how to look for it. You know, some clients could lose a stone, two stone, could lose a couple of like inches off their waist or whatever, and they're still so hard on themselves. So for me, one of the biggest things to prove to the client, most importantly, before I prove to Instagram, is that look. What you're doing is working. Because when the penny drops for a client, they are ready for to, to hit the sky, mate. Yeah. You know your you know your cell brand when your clients like see when see when the penny drops, powerful stuff happens, man. So you've just reminded me of um session literally Monday night. It's Tuesday last night, sorry. Uh, I was PTing a girl and she just wouldn't get the RDLs right. She wouldn't get it right. And then I said some sort of metaphor. Next thing you know, she does it spot on. And I, I, I said to her, I was like, this is why I love her. I generally told her straight away, I fucking love that. You did that straight away. And it, yep. it was nice because I've not, I've not had that feeling for a while, but I'm like, yep, yeah, it, it was a reminder. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I've always said, and I think you'll agree with this, but I've always said you could have the smartest coach ever with the best information on regards to nutrition, mindset, muscle and mind connection, training, the sexiest training plan. But if they've got the personality of a fucking brick, I don't see them being able to resonate with Sandra from accounting or mm. Bill the Builder. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think coaches need to have... No, you don't, you, don't, you don't need to be a personality. Like, people don't sign up to be a comedian. There's out to PT, but they need to resonate with you a lot. That's a lot more important to me than knowing absolutely everything in the world when it comes to exercise and nutrition. Because if they don't believe you, if they think you're boring, they're not going to resonate. Um, yeah, mate. Do you totally agree with that? So you might not. Yeah, I totally agree, Brendan. Like, I make a joke about this, right? Now, I, I coached hundreds of females, right? Females was our stuff. That's what we did. And, you know, I talk about it now and I get you guys to deliver trainings to your team and all the rest of it, and it's great. But never once did I even know what the luteal phase was or the period. Never, I don't know what phase three is, phase four is. But did I get world-class results for females? Yep. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that knowing that stuff won't help. I'm just saying that if you get the basics right and you can resonate with someone and you can have a conversation where you, you both get to the point of where you're going, they can open up, they can share, and most importantly, you can hold each other to a higher standard. 
then you will get a result. Quite often now I'm seeing all these coaches just going doing these extra nutrition courses and stuff, and it's great for your self-development. I don't believe a lot of it carries over practically unless you've got a specific niche. So yeah, mate, I totally agree. I think that a lot of coaches are overlooking it because they're not doing the necessary to get client results. Then the client turns and says to them, I'm not getting results. So then the coach thinks it's something they're missing, like the coaches who signed up with me. It's like, no, no, you just need to have adult conversations. You just need to say to each other, you need to ask better questions. And again, for a lot of coaches, they probably need to shut up and listen more. Yeah. I, I do try. So last issue was prenatal and personal. I try and do one sort of qualification like that. But I'll admit, any development I've got from a business and being a PT, I'm not just saying this because you're on the call, but it's from mentorships. That's I've gained more, way more from that than any sort of pre and postnatal course. I'm going for the mental health and exercise next year. Like, so I am dry, I am doing stuff like that. But at the same time, I've recognized becoming a better communicator has been way more important than any fucking complicated qualification I can ever do on a weekend. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I totally agree, mate. What it more doesn't mean saying? I'm not learning. I think we should all, the moment you think you've got it all, like you're fucked, I think. Like, it's the same with, I can't imagine any PT that gets to level three and then 10 years straight does the same shit, doesn't have mentors, doesn't have other qualifications. I think that's quite scary as well, where they don't do anything because... Totally, oh, mate. Yeah, but if you look at it, like, a lot of what you're doing isn't nutrition and training pres- prescribing. A lot of it's conversational. So yeah. imagine we could get more help on how to ask better questions. Imagine we could get more better help on how to be a better communicator and listener. That stuff... Like, if you think about it, it's a working relationship with someone. Yeah. You'd actually go a lot further uh, with the relationship with the client than just kind of, how's your diet and how's your training been? Because yeah. as we know, it's not about that. And it is funny when you see people trying, and this is for like, obviously, members of the public listen to this as well. Like, stop overcomplicating everything. Like, if you generally stick to something, I've had people ask me in the past after four weeks, oh, where's my new training program? You missed your leg day the first week. You've you learned about it the second week. You've only really had two good weeks of doing it. Like, yeah, you've not completed the back squat. Yeah, like you need to start. You don't just because you've seen someone else do something on Instagram, or you want to go in a certain area of the gym, or, or like you want to use a different exercise. Let's stick to something first, and then see where we're going from there. And a lot of people do like to overcomplicate things, and I think that does go into the same with PT qualifications. Like you just said, there. Like, oh, maybe I need this. Well, no, yeah. you need to learn to fucking speak to your clients. That's what you need to do. And speak to class members and stuff like that. Um, So I I want to go through with you. Obviously, at this point that we've we've gone back to your career, you're you're now smashing it at Pure Gym. Um, Lockdown one happens. So what position are you with your career at Pure Gym at lockdown one? So how how long was you at Pure Gym at this point? So this had been five and a half years. And um, basically, I was doing 20 hours of PT a week. I went from... 45, 40, 35, took me ages to get rid of my nights. I hated doing nights because it was just so busy and I loved mornings. So I felt that come half five, six o'clock, I was starting to drift. I was starting to notice the service suffering a a bit, which wasn't fair because the 6 p.m. should get the same service as the 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, So for me, I was like, right, we need to get rid of the nights because I'm, I'm tired. So... Eventually, I started doing away with my nighttime clients. They moved to the mornings or they kind of moved on. And I was basically doing 6 a.m. until 12. So like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. client, break at 8 till 9, um, breakfast, 
and a 9, 10, and maybe sometimes an 11 and a 12, something like that, in some capacity. So that was my Monday, Thursday. Friday, I would maybe do a 6 and 7, and then I'd be off for the rest of the day. So that was my week. My week was cushy. Like, I made it. It was, it was designed by me because I had enough demand. Uh, I had enough of a... Uh, enough inquiries sitting there I had previously six months before that launched a transformation challenge because I was kind of capped for uh, income in the sense of what I wanted I mean I could have done more hours but I didn't want to get to that stage because I was getting burnt out uh, it's probably worth mentioning as well a, a year or so before that I ended up applying for an assistant manager position in Pure Gym because I just couldn't be bothered with the, the ups and downs of it like I was high in demand but I didn't address a lot of important business principles, which were, okay, what are they paying you? You know, how did they come on board? What's your client acquisition? How do you retain them? It was all just balls to the wall. I'll work hard as possible and I'll worry about it at our time. So thankfully, uh, I never ended up getting that job um, because, yeah, I mean, life would be a whole lot different now. Uh, and it was the biggest place ever. So then I, I, I took the business serious. I got help straight away after that skyrocketed then I got to yeah like I said before lockdown I'm sitting there with 20 hours I could have took another 10 on I could have you know launched another transformation challenge which was a success but ultimately uh, the lockdown hit and then I went online and um, with everything because you couldn't coach people and yeah mate I done really well online because like I say I was well known I digged into old contacts people who real who left in the past were then like right Chris I need help because lockdown's hit what do I do and because I knew them so that's where that's where I was come lockdown one, mate. If I remember rightly, did you make a Facebook group in lockdown one for PTs? Yeah. So basically, like I, I said, been, you realise I've been there. Right? You realise now that I've been watching you for a while. Yes, <laughs> mate. Yes. So basically, like I said, on the lead up to the lockdown, I was getting a couple of people booking, like asking for chats, like fellow PTs in my gym, saying, "Do you mind if I grab a coffee to find out how you do check-ins, to find out how you onboard people?" I'm like, "Yep, yep." The reason I was in that position mate, is because I invested. Like I say, I didn't get the manager job and I straight away just invested. So I started to stand out. People were like, why is he doing that? How is he doing that? How is he posting like that? How is he getting results? Um, but it's mate, a lot of it was down to my hard work, but a lot of it was just because I got help. Really that simple. I just got help. And people are always like, oh, how come you've done so well? It's like, I got help, mate. That's it. Yeah, I've worked hard and whatever, but most of it's because I got help. Yeah. That's it. Um. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward it, I was just like, right, uh, got help. Next part was PT started asking me for coffees and stuff. The lockdown hit, and there was a lot of PTs texting me saying they were struggling. They don't, they don't have any online stuff. They don't know what to do. So I created a Facebook group, and I actually booked, I sent a link out to people and says, look, if you want to book into my calendar, I'll grab a call with a couple of you uh, just to see if I can help you. And I started to enjoy it, mate. Um, and I, I made a Facebook group just for just for PTs, just to get together, make sure everybody was all right. You know what you send in your clients, because it was unfamiliar territory to everybody. I just knew that we just had to show up and deliver, whereas a lot of PTs were panicking, understandably. Yeah. So that that's I, where we got, mate. I, I go back to lockdown one, and I I look at it with very like I cringe or shudder because I I shut down lockdown one. Um, I was going to quit. Um, I've talked about this podcast about depression, and at that point there, that it was really bad. So I lost all my clients. I then panicked at the five clients I had. I charged them twenty five pound a month, so they didn't leave me. 
Um, so any help that was free, I fucking loved. Like I massively appreciated for you doing that. Like I don't think I communicated on the group. I just watched it, seeing how other PTs were surviving. And like, I don't think with anything like that, I don't see myself coming out of lockdown one and being back in the gym. Do you know what I mean? There was genuinely a possibility like May time last year, I thought fucking I'm going to have to go back to bar work. Like that was a genuine thought on it. It was nice to see PTs making good of a shit situation because I know I didn't. Like, if, if there was ever a book on what not to do while lockdowns, I fucking wrote it, mate. Like, it was it was terrible. To a point when we got back into the gym, I think my managers and PTs were surprised I came back because that's how bad it was. Like, I just I, I just shut down. Uh, the first two weeks, I didn't do anything. I didn't make any decisions. And by me not making a decision, I made a decision in them first two weeks. Yep. Like, I sort of said, let me just find out the... Because it was like mid, like the back end of May, March. So I said, let me make a decision for April. And then it was like the 10th of April. And then I popped out the woods again with an answer. And by that point, I fucked it. And it, it was nice to see PTs making good of a shit situation because I didn't. And it, it is nice to see that. I think the majority of us survived it. I know it sounds dramatic, but it was a genuinely scary time. Yep. And people like yourself going off your... Like you didn't know what to do. Let's be honest, do you know what I mean? You were just winging it like everyone else, but you managed to not only look after your lot, but you also managed to like look after random strange PTs that you've never met as well, which I massively appreciate you for. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a like looking back, mate, it was a great way for me to then build up rapport with PTs for then me launching a program. But of course, yeah. the program wasn't even a thought. Like I just I just enjoyed it, mate. I loved talking to other PTs. Um and thankfully it helped a few coaches like i've had a lot of good messages from it it's just sparked a, a prompt for me to remember and go back and look at it because mate, i'm proud of it do you know what i mean i'm proud of how everybody helped each other because it was a time where um a lot of people were panicking with mortgages and everything else man and at this point obviously was the gym a thought like was the glasgow pt gym a thought or was it just a spontaneous thing in the back of lockdown one because when did you open the gym was it february was it? I might be wrong with that. No, mate, before that. So we opened it late August, September. Oh, so just after lockdown one then? Yeah. So basically, I had spoke to a couple of big names in the industry and a couple of them had, you know, mixed reviews. One was saying, if I ever open a gym, it's because I've got too much money. That was his statement. The other person was, uh, you know, there's no point in opening a gym because it's, you know, you have to man it. It's not going to free you up. You can't have the laptop lifestyle if you're in a gym coaching and all that kind of stuff. And mate, honestly, if you go back far enough into podcasts that I've done, I actually listened to them. I was actually saying, opening a gym is not worth it. Because in my mind, you know, if you pay rent to a pure gym, in my mind, it's like, well, okay, if I pay them £500, I can do as many hours as I want. But, you know, and I don't have to open my gym. I don't have any more, any more overheads. But the reality is that one you're wearing a uniform. Two, you can only attract a certain amount of clients to Pure Gym before you burn out and run through the, the area. And three, like you can only deliver a certain amount of service in one particular gym. So for example, you know, I know you've got big plans to expand the group coaching and stuff. If you, for me, I hated the rules that they kept bringing in. It was just fake rules for no reason. And they couldn't even yeah. explain it, Right. You know, for example, it went from 400 to 450 to 500 within about three months for no reason. Uh, they started shifting towards that kind of hiring model, which I know a lot of people have done already. They were just late to the party. 
uh, you couldn't use chalk, you know, shit like that. So yeah. I, I started to change my mind and go, do you know what? Like, maybe these people are wrong. Maybe they just didn't run it right properly. So I'm like, let me give it a go. Um, and I knew, Brendan, I knew, I've said this to you before, I knew the worst thing that I would let happen is me and Cheryl will go in there and just do 40 hours of one-to-one, pay the bills, and just, at the very worst case scenario, you enjoy being in your own gym, yeah. your place, your music, everything else. But I knew that that was the worst case. Best case, we're in here now, we've got another member of staff, you know, I do three hours um, in the gym still, just to be there, show face, and I enjoy the coaching because I'm only doing three hours of it. And, you know, Cheryl runs the majority of it. We've got another great coach, Robin, and it runs perfectly. And it's something that you asked, you said this to me, obviously, when I was up at the gym. By the way, I'm recording, fucking great gym, by the way. Like, I was really impressed with it. Um, after the Fitness Brow event, I even stayed around, didn't I? I had an extra bit of a nosy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, taking notes of the full square foot and everything. But um, So you said something while your talk, while the event, and it was something like, the back end of PT and you did feel checked out and you felt like you wanted to go into mentorship. And this was even after the gym opened. Like, so I think it's interesting. I said this right at the start of today. Like it's interesting that to some people you've hit the fucking Holy Grail. You've got a gym with your name on it, but here you was thinking of the next, the next step. Like what was your thought process going to be on that? Well, mate, like I got the gym. I loved, mate, there's nothing prouder than walking in and seeing your badge up on the wall, mate. It was an incredible feeling. And like I say, I went in leveraged in the sense of, in other words, I went in not doing a lot of hours, maximum 15 at the start, um, which was great. But then I started, like, it wasn't so much not having a love for coaching because I'm in my own gym. I've got great clients who are investing in themselves. It was brilliant. There was a buzz, the community, like nothing else in terms of versus online. And then I was just a bit like, right, speaking to coaches, coaches pay me money. And if I'm honest, mate, I felt like I was doing the coaches who were paying me money a disservice because I wasn't all in, you know. And then my content started becoming mixed. It was one minute fat loss transformation, the next minute a bit business. And I wanted to be all in. I couldn't couldn't sit here and speak to guys like you and say, Brendan, your messaging's off. You need to do this. You need to do that. When I'm sitting there, one post is about PTs and next is about fat loss. Yeah. So I had to look at it and go, and it was one of my mentors of mine who said to me, and it's not about money here, but the quickest way to a million dollars is ones. So one market, you know, one product uh, and one traffic source. So I was like, right, okay, I get it. So I realized that my traffic source was mixed because it was speaking about two different markets yeah. um, and, and the different products. So I was a bit like, no, no. But what I had to do as well, as well, Brendan, I had to be realistic, mate. I had to realize that Cheryl was just a brand new coach. You know, yes, she's listened to me over the years and chatting or whatever, but she's brand new. She's trying to learn her trade as well. So I can't go like this. Here's the keys to the gym. See you later. I'm away to help coaches. So I actually held off a wee bit. Don't get me wrong. I was still quick to make the decision. But to be fair, the gym closure helped because it gave me time to think and, re- and recoup and stuff like that. So it was actually worked in my favor. So it wasn't so much like I was fully checked out because I now had a gym that I was loving, but I knew that it was hypocritical of me to have two audiences mixed and I was spreading myself thin, mate. Like the more I was involved with the gym, the less Cheryl could be. So yeah. it was like merge her in, get her up to speed and then give her the full reins. Yeah. I, I do think that that element of things is, is interesting because obviously 
I've said this before, I, without sounding creepy, and I, I hope it doesn't creep you out and say it, but I want what you've you've got at the moment, if I'm being yeah. honest. I've said this in the past. That's why I came on with you. And it it did shock me when you did say that you are more going to the upgraded coach stuff. Because um, even since May, the upgraded coach, whilst I've been in it, it's become such a bigger thing. Like, I bet you love me saying that, but like it has just from the time I've been there, it's become such a bigger thing. And I think that's probably because you are spending less time yes. at your own gym as well. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. I've noticed a bigger, a big impact with that, especially when I flip my socials to coaches only, uh, mate. And it, oh, Brendan, I'm sitting here now, mate, and it's hard. Like, it's hard to let go of that Glasgow PT name. Like, people yeah. associated me as the name. Like, I was the Glasgow PT, so I had to remove myself from that brand. Um, and it's difficult, mate. Even even the check-ins, see, handing the check-ins off to Cheryl, it's hard, man. Like, I loved the check-ins. I loved. Because I love putting pictures together. I love reviewing their progress. I love making people feel better. I love picking them back up. So it was difficult, mate, removing myself from that. And and I know this sounds so like so stupid, right? And it probably is a it probably is. But even the Instagram handle and the logo and stuff. I was gonna ask, like you know, and it's like it's yeah. you know, I have I have looked at changing it. I want to change it to upgrade coach because what I'm trying to do now is promote me as a person. I'm not trying to be another brand, I'm not trying to be another name of something. So I'm not going to change it to upgrade coach. Truth be told me, I tried to change it, but somebody had Chris Bradley, so I was annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I know it's a handle, mate, and it means nothing, but it's just in that sense, it's almost like a, it's like a a symbolic way of passing it away, isn't it? And I work so hard. I'm I'm quite extra with the design element and stuff. So like when I found that Brendan.findfitness was free, I was like, I'm fucking having it. I'm having it. Like before any, before another Brendan in the world decides to have a fine fitness personal training business, like so obviously July time this year, you saw how excited I got for all that shit. Yeah. Like it was probably the most fun month I've had this year because I was changing my fucking colours. I, so, yep. I get it. That's, that's taking pride on your work. And you know, and I worked hard for the, like you've worked hard for this over the last couple of months until it comes to proper fusion. And I worked hard on the guys got PT brand, mate. And it was hard to, I mean, it's, I've still got the gym, it's my gym, but it was hard to remove myself as that guy, that person. Yeah, well, I mean, people always refer you to you as, I mean, on my firm, you're saved as Chris Glasgow PT. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's that's always, I don't think you'll ever be able to fully get away from that deep, I don't think, anywhere. Nah, not for a while. I, I don't think you'd want to either, like, because it's such a, it's become bigger than you, if that makes any sense, obviously, with having Chevrolet. That was exactly what I wanted it to be. It's only because, mate, it's like anything, it can only be as big as one, one person allows it. After that, you've got to get people involved, people have got to make it bigger. So, with one person, it can only get as big as it can get, but with a team of people, it can get bigger and bigger. And you're still getting good results today in business for PTs and as well. Yeah, mate, Cheryl's, uh, putting, her, Cheryl's putting her spin on it, so is Robin. Um, so I, I've got a question in regards to your PT career. What what do you think? Or you might have a mentorship sort of idea for this one, but what what's like a one moment to you that sticks out on your PT or mentorship? Uh, I hear the term mentorship, by the way, but I don't know what the word is to replace it. It does sound a bit wanky to me. Do you not agree? <laughs> I don't know what, it just sounds a bit odd. I don't know why, but so your sort of career, your, your fitness career side of things, is there one moment that sticks out to you and you think, fuck me, that was amazing. Like, I'm really happy with that. For fitness? Yeah, so that can be PT and it can be doing what you're doing now, like just in general. Um, mate, I think all the stuff, mate, there's hundreds, I think turning points for me are, are exciting. I like turning points because I know that people are 
people are waiting for their next turning point. They just don't know about it. And it's like, for me, it was not getting the manager's position. It was, um, you know, finally getting help. That was a big thing for me, mate. Because honestly, like, I looked about the gym and no one even spoke about getting help. It was just, all you got was lock, like, kitchen help. Somebody passing in the kitchen saying, oh, why don't you do that with your client? All right, cheers. That was it. Nobody was actually getting invested. Like, mentorship wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, but it was business courses. And I went on a business course down in London. It, you know, went, went, signed up, studied for the day, and then done eight weeks of a course. And it was fucking, hey, presto, it put me ahead at every PT in my gym. Yeah. Because I got help. And I got help from people who are way ahead of the people in my gym. And, and I know this gets cheesy about people who run about you. You're the average of the five people you spend time with, whatever. But the truth is, mate, like I got help from people who were doing better things than me. I realized yeah. I was a small fish, like a big fish in a small pond. I realized that straight away. So then all of a sudden when I'm doing all this fancy, fancy quote unquote stuff with clients, it immediately put me ahead. And it's like, for me, it was about, right, okay, what can I keep doing? And I got addicted to growth. So for me, a big turning point and a big change was not getting the manager's position because, you know, I now make more a couple of days than they make in a year. And like actually looking forward to challenges in the next point. And you can only really see that when you get help and yeah. you can take that. Even with the manager thing, like even though, like you said, you can make more in a few days than they do like in a, in a year sort of thing. It's not even just about the money either, is it? Like you've got freedom now. You've got having financial freedom is fucking powerful. Like it's not about the money. It's what you can do with the money as well. And not even just that, you can clock off whenever you want. You yeah, mate. Like, whenever you want. Do you know what I mean? It's more honestly, like Brendan, you come up with different problems. Like I sat here at the start of the podcast and, you know, you have two businesses and you're doing better, but you're still met with problems of, training it doesn't matter how much money you make you need to exercise you need to look after your body because eventually it will affect your work simple yeah. as that you know and i noticed that I, I had a bit of an office job i did the event a couple of fridays ago and standing for that long was hurting my back and that shows you because i'm sitting down so what did i do i went and bought a standing desk because no more sitting for long periods of time so that needs fixed and that needs addressed but on the surface it's like oh you've got your gym and you're like yeah but I'm slowly but surely getting fatter. I'm slowly but surely getting unfit. Like that's not, that's none of that's more important than than business. Like all of that's more important than business. Sorry. So yeah, mate, I totally agree. Like it's not about the money. Like it's never been about money, mate. I've never had money in my life. Like in the sense of my mum or whatever, the money sits there. It's more. It's about fulfillment. It's about what can I do for these coaches. It was the same as when I did fat loss results, mate. I was like, what else can I do? Yeah. Like, how can I support them? You know, I was one of the first ones to do lives. I was on there. I was like, right, what's next? How can I, and you do this, mate, as well. You're like, you're always changing how you come across with your socials. How can I present myself to be different? Not to make me look better, but to make me more attractive to my clients, to make them realize that they're in the right place and to deliver a better service. And that's the key. So for me, it's, it's always about fulfillment, mate. It's not about money because... You know, I'm not saying I'm, I've got hundreds of money. It's by far from it. I'm saying that as I've realized and got older, it's not a, it's a bit happiness because I've been the burnt out PT uh, yeah. and I've sat there with a gym and I'm still like, not unhappy, but I'm like, why am I not feeling fulfilled this morning? Yeah, I, I am not... scared. Like, so obviously, you know my goal and I've said it on here is to get me a gym. I'm scared of that day or like the first weekend. I unlock the door one day and I'm like, 
Ah, is this it? Is this the norm now? Like, I am scared at that moment. I am. Like, as much as I want the gym, I'm very aware that building up to one single goal, same to a fat loss client, if they want to get to, like, 10, lose a stone, for example. Now what? Fucking hell, I've done that now. I'm very aware that that might happen. I'm very It's hard, Brendan, because it is that that line, like I said as well, at the start of the podcast, there's a line between gratitude and want more. Yeah. And as business owners, we're often riddled with fear a wee bit that we just keep keep pushing what else what else it's like mate you've got your own gym like relax throw about the curtain i texted you last saturday after doing an event because i was disappointed with the numbers mm-hmm. they all loved it they fucking loved the numbers. they didn't care yep. there was 12. that's the only metric that matters mate. exactly i text you it was your birthday wasn't it sorry i felt bad about that uh but i text you saying look mate I'm, i've just done this event they all loved it but i wasn't happy with it because i wanted it to be better and it's it, it it's a it's a good thing but it's also a bad thing because yes. it means it takes the enjoyment out of like the the time recorders at the Christmas party. I would like to have had more people at that, if I'm being honest. But I've got better since of the week because I recognise that we booked out a full re- like a restaurant and a bar. Us, do you know what I mean? We took yeah. over it, which was rewarding as fuck, to be honest. Yep, at a time where people are getting the cold, getting uh, close contacts. Mate, that's good. We've just got to accept that. Do you know what I mean? So what do you think makes a... I think you've answered this kind of just for your last answer there, but what do you think makes a good PT? I think results, mate. Results and communication. Like, again, the industry seems to be moving towards this results as if, oh, you shouldn't focus on the end result. You should focus on the way in between. And I've proved this time and time again with previous clients, mate. Like, number one, in order to achieve a result, you need to see it. You need to see that it's possible. So yeah. when a client starts to see that what they're doing is working, they will go to the next level because they will believe in it. Now, unfortunately, our industry and nutrition and exercise, it's so noisy and it's so misleading that a lot of people just think that you need a quick fix, you need these unethical things, when actually if you can finally get a client to see that they can do it, while living the lifestyle they need, however, working hard, then they will keep going and keep going. So this idea that you oh no, you should be grateful, you should be thankful for you, the fact that you can exercise, that's not enough. Unfortunately, in today's world, there's so much food, there's so much temptation, there's so much uh, issues when it comes to uh, society that you can't just rely on half-assed approaches. You need to be you need to work hard and you need to uh, be communicating with someone who knows what they're doing. So, you know, if you're in order to get results, if you spend it with people who get results, this, the, the, the absolute chances of you getting one for yourself is going to go much higher. Yeah. You know, if you come on board, like your team, for example, and you came on board because you saw a transformation, the likelihood of you coming in there, knowing that you're going to work hard is a lot higher. You're in a successful team. Uh, and you want to keep the standards high. That's it. Yeah. Results comes in many forms, Brendan. Like, obviously. But I mean results. I don't just mean, oh, I went from sitting on the couch to, you know, I, I walk up the stairs now. Yeah, for some people, very, very few people, that might be okay. Yeah. But let's let's go to the fucking next level here. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's demand more for yourself. So for me, what makes a great PT is that they can communicate and they get results. Yeah. You just accidentally quoted the book you gave me there, <laughs> the 10 times rule. Did I? Yeah, like the whole being being like 
appreciating something isn't enough. You've actually got to put the effort in. Yeah. He says, but you've got to strap your shoes up and actually go for it instead instead of yeah. thinking about doing it. Unfortunately, everybody's visualizing these days and not MD's actually doing the work. And that applies in business as well. So my last question to you now is, and you might want to keep this on a secret, but what's next for Chris Bradley? What's next for you? Next for me, mate, is um, impacting more coaches' lives. Uh, we, we've got a big aim to fill, fill the gym by mid-January. So we're going to come out the traps firing, uh, Cheryl, Robin and I, in terms of the market for the gym. So that's going to get filled up. Uh, and for the coaches, I'm excited for a lot of like upgrades and just making the service a lot better. Again, the, pr- the product that I've got out there for coaches, it's nine months old. Do you know what I mean? It's going to take time. This is something that I'm constantly thinking and trying. And one big thing that I'll be perfectly transparent about is I'm starting to see who I can help, what coaches, what type of coaches I can help, because I can't help everyone. It's a bit like, you know, doing a group PT class and, uh, you know, you have 10 different people at 10 different levels, you know, that will work for three or four, but it won't work for 10 people. So it's a bit Hey, okay, let's see. Let's get everybody in. Let's get, let's get me experience and helping different coaches at different levels. But I'm not going to be slow in deciding who I want to help. So I'm excited about that, mate. That's next for me. Uh, I've got the big book coming out, uh, hopefully in about maybe 13, 14 weeks. So it's a long thing, that process that it takes. So the book's coming out for personal trainers. Um, and then, yeah, mate, I'm, I want to buy about March have a hundred coaches in the program um yeah. we've already helped over a hundred so far but i want a hundred in the program at the same time and yeah mate that's it just i'm not a big visualizer i'm not a big planner i just know what i want and i'll spend a short term going for that i do want to buy a house abroad that's another thing for me as well so that's going to be in the next maybe two or three year pipeline and uh, just haven't found where exactly i want to i want to buy and that is it really mate that is nothing crazy more than that that I can think of. Mate, I've enjoyed this one. It's been, I knew it was going to be an easy one because again, like you do this for a living as well. Um, but it's nice to put a backstory towards the, the coach that I have on a weekly basis as well. So if there's one sort of thing you want to sort of part message with with the people that are listening to this, what would it be today? Mate, for fat loss people, uh, for people who are wanting to gain muscle, for general population, um, I would, like, this coming into January, it's typical. I'm not going to tell you to start now, but demand more for yourself. You need to get results. And, you know, I've mentioned before about photo shoots and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've got a, we've got a client photo shoot booked in the gym for gym for people in the gym. And, you know, we'll try to re- reframe them. Look, it's not what you think it is. It's not fake tan and this and that. And I say, look, one thing I say is, is, it's not about the photo shoot pictures. They're a formality. Yeah. You know, they're all the same, but it's about your check-in pictures that morning, the place that you've been standing for the last couple of weeks and months that you can get to the best progress you've ever gotten to. Um, and as long as you're supported by someone who can say, yep, it's time to put an end to the diet so that we don't overdo it and we end up getting, you know, all kinds of problems after that. So my big thing was to just set a big goal. It doesn't have to be a photo shoot. It can be performance-based. Set a big goal, maybe three of them. So you could do performance-based, you could do strength, you could do um, business and personal, like even in your personal life, get a, get a promotion, you know, finish your last year at uni with a one, whatever it may be. Uh, and just hold, get somebody to hold you accountable. So just say, look, these are the three things I'm going to do. 
do you fancy keeping me accountable to it? Great. Cool. What's the process? Let's go and do it. That would be my main thing for, for the general public. For, for trainers, it would just be pick a source that you like listening to, which is probably going to be me and my IGTV or Spotify, the coach's podcast. But honestly, pick a pick a source that you like listening to and just really, really listen and listen and listen. And I'm very humbled and, and like thankful that Brendan has obviously listened to me quite a lot. So because of that, he's been able to drown out a lot of noise, a lot of noise, not every bit of noise, but a lot of noise because you need to do that. So go back, binge on stuff until it's time for you to get actual help. Um, and, you know, like you do with your clients, you expect to get paid for accountability and structure. You need to do that too. Uh, I've said this, honestly, I wish I could pull a clip from a year ago when I never had this program. I never had anything to sell you and tell you that all I ever said in order for me to get better was I invested. That's it. Yeah. That's what I've always said. I love that you mentioned the noise thing because I think a lot of PTs are guilty of listening to every fucking mentor, PT, podcast, Instagram yep. post ever, then try and do a bit of everything and then fuck all of them up as well. You just become a bit of a Frankenstein coach. Right, so where can people find Chris Bradley on Instagram for now? Glasgow PT for now. Uh, <laughs> um, you find me on there. If you've gone to the IGTV series, there's business advice, hundreds of videos, the coaches podcast, you can go and have a listen. Um, and yeah, that'll, that'll probably steer you in the right direction. And if you don't like any of it, go and find someone that you actually like and stick to them. Right, I've enjoyed this. Um, thanks for listening. You've got this far. It's been a, hey, it's been longer than planned, hasn't it? Um, and I shall see you all in the next episode.